everybody welcome back to negro please radio i'm your host chris allen and as usual off the top i want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for tuning in downloading streaming whatever you say however you take my podcast i appreciate it and welcome um man i guess i'll just uh jump right in i hope everybody's enjoying this uh beautiful monday what, what day is today today's tuesday what the fuck am i talking about monday it's Tuesday, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get the podcast done early. I'm chilling, got the house to myself. And uh, yeah, uh, not a lot has been going on. Not a lot, but uh, I'm still in a pretty good fucking mood. Uh, therapy's going great. And uh, you know what, I'm just going to jump in, man. Just been doing, uh, you know what, I take that back. I was just in Baltimore. I did a show. At uh, this place called the Vagabond Theater. And this nice little quaint uh, part of um, Baltimore. I can't remember what it was called, though. What part of Baltimore was that? Let me, let me pull up a map. It was, I had never, I've been to Baltimore plenty of times. But uh, um, I have a friend that lives in a nice part. So he lives in Hamden. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Baltimore at all, but. It, uh, this area kind of reminded me of, um, it kind of, re- Potasco, that's funny, I see Potasco, shit reminds me of season two of The Wire, here we go, uh, I want to say I was down here, I was near the, I want to, was it Fells, I want to say it might have been like, Fells Point or Highland Town, or maybe even can. I think I want to say Fells Point. I want to say Fells Point. But it was like a nice little, uh, yeah, seafood pubs. I think this is it, yeah. Nice little area, nice little community theater. Probably said about 70, 80 people. I think we got about 40, 50, 50 people in there. Uh, Matt Hurley and a bunch of the guys in Baltimore put that show on. Had a lot of fun. Uh, this sounds like a nightmare show. When you have nine people going in front of you, but they all did six minutes. The show started on time. It was just boom, 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 boom. The guy right before me did 10. It was, it was a great show. Everybody had good sets. I had a good time. And, um, it's only about 50 minutes back to DC. So I was able to do that show, get paid, hop in the car and go to my boy TJ's crib. And we headed out to DC. We hit up the, um, Hotbed Comedy Club, which is becoming the hottest club in D.C. So shout out to Sean Joyce Underground Comedy for doing what they do over there. And uh, it was just one of those special nights in D.C. Uh, I'm upstairs at the bar chilling, and I see, boom, who? Jamel Johnson. Great D.C. comic, now living in L.A., doing his thing, writing on shows, whatnot. I see him. David, uh, God damn it, I'm going to mess his name up. Gibbery or Gibbery? You've seen him before if you love comedy. Big dude, uh, David G B O R I E, Jibbery. Funny dude, got to meet him, a couple of his friends. Go downstairs, uh, the show is going on. I look over, I see a short, muscular dude with a big ass fucking mohawk. And I was like, why does this person look familiar? And I look at his face, holy shit. The one, the only, one of the uh, original members of the uh, Roast Battle crew. Jamar Neighbors, all the way from L.A. He was at the uh, D.C. Comedy Loft this weekend, so he had uh, 
Jamar Neighbors, Jamel Johnson, David Gibbery, 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 all in D.C. And that's just the people that I saw. That's what I love about D.C., man. There's always comics from Denver, L.A., New York. They're always there, and people like to pop in. Oh, Gavin Mass was also there, too. So it's just I, I just love the fact that, that the uh, hotbed is becoming that club where people just show up. They know it's a hot club, and they, they pop in. They do spots. And, uh, yeah, dope, dope show. Dope show in Baltimore. Dope show in, in D.C. Um, yeah. Good time. We got to hang out, smoke with my friends. We chilled. I just, I just love being in DC, man. It's, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, comedy city. Uh, I just, I just, I just love it, man. I love the atmosphere, the ambiance, whatever you want to call it. I love everything about DC except the goddamn traffic. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I, that's my, that's my town. That's my town. I love it. Uh, so that's what I did this weekend. And other than that, I just took it easy, chill with the family. And uh, I'm going to jump right in with the milestone. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles. And I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's nothing. And this week, it's not really much of anything, but he is playing um, online more. Like he found this uh, this version of Minecraft that he really likes. He's playing a lot more multiplayer. He's having fun. He's laughing. So um, yeah, I'm 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 happy for him. Uh, but he just he's just so hesitant to like. Uh, I want to just I gotta get him just a regular uh, access to a, like an actual legit server on there. I just I just I just feel like it's safer, uh, and uh, we know what's going on. But he's just so resistant to anything. It's like. Uh, he he told me that his friends they have a server and all this kind of stuff and I'm I try to get information out of him. One day he wants to play with him, the next day he doesn't want to. Uh, I I really don't know the reasoning, you know, and I I don't want to press too hard because I don't want to make it seem like I'm just questioning all of his but his decisions. But I I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, I was kind of the same way as a kid too. I just it just it's just this compulsion to say no. You don't even know what it is. It's just, nope, everybody is doing it. I'm just going to say no just because everybody else is saying yes. And it comes in handy. Uh, but when, you, when you're trying to, uh, when, as a parent, when you're just trying to open your kids' mind up to different things and, and, and just try to ex uh, expand their world open to, just to, to give them more options to enjoy themselves more, uh, it's tough. You know, I don't want to push too hard, but at the same time, I just, it's 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 it's, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy pleasing a kid like Miles, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I just I just feel like I owe my dad a lot of uh, apologies. I definitely, uh, I see a lot of, my, of myself and my son, and I, I know it, it couldn't, it couldn't be easy. Just, I'm not easy to talk to now. I, it, it's just a, a 9, 10, 12-year-old version is even worse. So I know the we probably got some rough road ahead, you know, when he when he's fourteen and he knows every fucking thing there is to know about everything. So, but I just I gotta be patient. I just gotta be. I gotta I gotta show people grace and have patience, and uh, yeah. So that's the trying part about being a parent, man. I want him to try and do a bunch of stuff, you know, uh, to to just so he's just not bored. But then again, my wife tries to get me to do shit, that, and that's the fucked up part. People try to get me to do shit, and I don't want to. So it's just hard. How do I tell him what he has to do when I when I don't want to do shit? <laughs> so, I don't know. 
this parenting is it's a it's a thin line. It's a bunch of thin lines. And speaking of thin lines, uh, my wife and I we've been watching Dahmer. I don't know if y'all have been watching this. Uh, I typically don't watch shit like this. Uh, I know we're all aware of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I want to say I was around. I was a little older than Miles when all this shit was going on, like 11, 12. So all I knew, he was a killer. He was crazy. And he was eating people. That is all I pretty much knew. And throughout the rest of my life, his name would come out, come up when you would talk about notorious serial killers or just crazy people, weird, weird things that people have done. Jeffrey Dahmer always comes up, cannibal, uh, serial killer. Always, come, but I never knew anything about him. I would recognize him if I saw him, but I really knew nothing about the case. Um, so this series, like a lot of Netflix stuff, is very, very well done, and hopefully. Um, I don't I don't I haven't read much about the public reaction as far as like victims families. But I will say it's it's a well done series. Uh the kid that they got to play him is absolutely uh amazing at this. It's terrifying. It is it's terrifying how good this kid is at playing this fucking maniac. Um yeah, he's. I think he's fucked. His name is Evan Peters, and uh, he might. He's Dahmer. He's Dahmer now. Like I could never meet that guy and be cool with him because in my mind, he's he's Jeffrey Dahmer. There's no way I could ever be friends with that dude, right? And either I go over his place, or I come. Or he comes over to mine, and uh, I turn around, and he's just standing in my kitchen. And to not hear that weird fucking music playing in the background, it, it, it would cross my mind. I would go, hey, man, you need to go sit down. You need to go over there. You need to make yourself very, very, um, you need to you need to move around a lot louder. Don't stare. Don't look at me like that. It, it would just be too, too weird, man. He's really, really good. He's, he, uh, hopefully, hopefully his career takes off. But man, this 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 kid is creepy. I can't even imagine the the amount of preparation it takes for something like that. To just have to watch this guy for hours to get his voice down, his cadence, his walk, his look—it's wild. It sounds like something I would like to do, but for this guy, uh, <laughs> very terrifying. But I digress. I, I digress a lot. Um, so the show kind of. Uh, it kind of opens up with the, or the series kind of opens up with his dad getting a phone call and going down to the jail. And, uh, you kind of forget about all the little stuff like that, that happens, you know, as a general public, uh, we kind of come to these stories late, if you will, because by that time they've been arrested, they have a little bit of, uh, evidence of what they've done. You know, they don't have the whole story. Just like, Hey, this guy was being fucking weird. And then it takes time for it become, for it to become a national story. So, all this stuff has taken place by the time it gets to the general public that this guy, Jeffrey Dahmer, has been arrested and accused of blah, 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 blah. But, man, just to think that all this stuff went down, man. Like, this, what's his name, Lionel? Mr. Dahmer at some point got a phone call at whatever, 2 o'clock in the morning. And the thing is, that man knew something was up with his son. The daddy knew. 
with all the shit that had happened before, when you know, as you watch the show, it, they kind of go back in time and they bring you forward to like how he got to where he was. So at that point, he had already been to jail for uh, so soliciting minors, just doing weird shit, taking pictures of kids, molesting kids, allegedly molesting kids, all that, all that type of shit. Just got kicked out of the army, uh, dropped out of school, just doing weird shit. So his dad knew something was up with his boy. I, I, his dad had been waiting for a long time to get that weird phone call in the middle of the night. But I just don't think he knew it to, to what extent. But he knew something was up with his son. His grandmother knew too. His, he, when he moved in with his grandmother, his grandmother knew like, this motherfucker weird. He doing some weird shit. And it just wasn't the gay stuff. It was the 90s. People were very, very homophobic and all that kind of stuff. They knew it was something different. They go, something's up with our little guy, <laughs> our little Jeffrey. But, I mean, the disbelief that his, his dad, when they told him what was up, he was just like, I knew it was going to be something, but I had no fucking idea. He was eating people. Man. It's just the, the parent angle for to this is very interesting to me as a parent because it's just how do you not blame yourself? You know, the, the guy in the in the in the series says that he goes, "Did I hug him enough? Did I talk to him enough? Did I pay enough attention? Did, did I what did I do? Did I do something wrong to make my son like this?" Like I said, parent is thin line, thin lines. Was I too mean? Was I too was I too uh was I too loose? That again, did I not pay enough attention to him? Did I, did he see anything weird? How was it my fault? How do you not blame yourself as a parent for this shit? How do you not ask yourself those questions? But he said himself, Jeffrey did. Hey, man, I was born this way. I fucked up. Nobody did anything to me. And that's the thing. He had a weird childhood, but it's not like, uh, some of these other people where you go, damn, they were molested, they were this, they got burned, they they were abandoned, they, uh, I don't know, just something something traumatic and very, very weird happened to them. But in this case, I think the pills that his mom was a, a nervous wreck, she was, I don't know if she was a schizophrenic or what, but she was absolutely insane, popping pills with him the entire time she was pregnant. I mean, of course, something's going to happen. You're going to scramble something up there. If you're taking that many pills and this baby is growing inside of you, it's, it's just, uh, and just to hear why he was attracted to entrails and viscera and it's just, you don't, I can't say you understand this man, but you, you, you get more information. You go, oh, okay, that's why he did that. Like you don't get it, but you, you hear his reasoning as to why and you go, ah, and what's wild is a lot of times it's just very simple, plain, like, oh, I didn't want that person to leave. Or like, I just liked how uh, guts felt in my hand. It's like, what? But uh, the biggest thing about this, this you see in this series is uh, just uh, the level of white privilege. And I know there's people rolling their fucking eyes. Yes. Yep. Roll them. Turn it off. Do what you got to do. I mean, to to have this guy arrested so many times, had the police calling him so many times, and just given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm not gonna get, go into all of it, but 
the the time where the young teenage boy is outside of his uh, outside the apartment building, clearly drugged up, half naked, and they just he was somehow able to convince these cops that that was his boyfriend. This this boy of a child. Oh, this is my boyfriend. And also, people were so afraid of of AIDS and stuff that he played that shit up too. He would go, "Oh, it's a lot of gay stuff in my apartment. You sure you want to come in here?" <laughs> And they were like, oh, I'm cool. They'll just peek in. Yeah, everything look, looks good. But the part that really, really got to me is when he's being convicted of molesting this kid after taking pictures of him and stuff, the judge was like, you remind me of my grandson. I don't want this to ruin your life. And he's basically telling him all the stuff that he's going to give him to make sure that when this is behind him, that his life is fine. He doesn't want this to ruin him. He doesn't want him to go to prison because he tells him prison isn't for him. It won't be good for him. A guy like him doesn't deserve to be here. And we all know he made a mistake. He'll have time to reflect on it. But then it was time for the victim's father to speak. The judge was like, I, I can't understand your accent. Can you bring somebody else up here to talk for you? It's like an older Asian man. And then the son tries to talk. And the, and the father is trying to give this, this uh, very, like, um, detailed like hey look we we came here uh as immigrants and we work hard just trying to pull out the judge's heartstrings and go hey man how the fuck can you let this happen to my son and the judge is like nah we don't really have time for this just hand a letter over to your bailiff i don't know i don't can you believe that shit this guy just molested a child and you're worried about how he's gonna end up being because he reminds you of his grandson. And that's what we talk about when we talk about white, white privilege. It's not about being rich, about your daddy doing shit for you. It's, that's, not, that's not it. It's situations like this where you have an older white judge seeing this young white, white kid with his blue eyes. Because everybody talks about how fucking hot and he was a pretty boy and good looking guy. But this guy sees this good looking white kid who's done something bad and goes, ah, I can't ruin this kid's life. He made a mistake. It's just some proud, it's just some poor brown kid that he touched. It's not a big deal. That's what we're talking about when we talk about privilege. It's not about having uh, a daddy that has uh, a few million dollars, okay? It's the benefit of the doubt. It's people in positions of power like this judge having sympathy for you. Saying, saying again, you remind me of my grandson. Let's make this easy on you. Let's not ruin everything else for you. That's what that shit's about. That's white privilege right there. I mean, several times. When you live in, a, he lived in a mainly, you know, brown, black area. He's a white guy. They calling the cops on him. Eh, he's fine. He's harmless. Meanwhile, this motherfucker has a, a, a vat of acid with body parts in it. He's got a head in his crisper. He's got a dead body in his fucking in his bedroom. You just like, ah, oh, it's fine. <laughs> He's okay, and it smells like goddamn death in there. And you're still just like, ah, oh, this is fine. Crazy, 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 crazy. And we're only seven episodes in. There's ten. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the series. I, 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 I hate. I kind of hate to admit it, but I am. Um. So far, episode six is called this entitled Silenced. It's about the uh, Tony Hughes murder. He was a gay, uh, deaf black man that he killed. And I got to say that that actor's performance was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I have never seen that much um, 
television of a TV show where people who are hearing impaired and a lot of it had no sound. And that definitely added another dynamic to it, especially when he was around Dahmer and he can't hear anything. It just really just uh, ratchets up the level of tension, especially as a viewer, because you know what's going to happen. But uh, it, it's absolutely, it's a great episode. They, man, this, this kid, kid, he was 31. This guy, Tony Hughes, man, he seemed like a, a, this a guy who was, he was literally looking for love. They show opportunities where p people wanted to fuck with him. And he was just like, hey, if you're not really trying to have a relationship, I ain't trying to give out this dick like that. So if you're not trying to be committed, I'm not cool with it, man. We're not just going to be out here doing whatever. So here's this dude, man, really looking for love, looking for the relationship, doesn't open up to anybody, and the one person he opens up to is goddamn Jeffrey Dahmer. And I don't like how it made me feel. Because at the club when he met Tony, and at back at the place where he at his apartment, when he wanted to drug Tony, he just couldn't do it. And I was just like, damn, Dahmer has a heart. <laughs> but you got to tell yourself, this guy is a lunatic. He doesn't care about people. He's a murderer that has no compassion for anybody or anything. So don't feel bad for this motherfucker. But it's weird. Because you think like, this is my, it's this motherfucker in love. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's not funny, but it's just like, for a second, they make you think like, man, maybe there is a person in there. But yeah, there was not. Yeah, that's that's the part I did not like. It's just like, it, they forced second you go uh maybe if he would have found love he wouldn't have done this but he he even said it i was i was fucking crazy yeah i just like to kill people but uh man so yeah if you when you watch it man episode six silence is it's uh it's phenomenal and uh, i just hope that uh I, I, look i i understand this is a, a very serious thing a lot of people died uh, in horrific manners and, and uh i just hope that none of the actors are getting shit for uh for this because i feel like they did a great job but i also understand it's a very very painful thing even though it happened a long time ago i mean these victim families are, are still alive and i mean these guys would probably be anywhere in there from their what um probably people around, around my age to maybe uh let's see we'll, 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 let's just look it up let's look it up Dahmer victims, Dahmer victimless, uh, victim ages. All right, anywhere from, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, from 14 all the way up to, oh, man. He was just straight up killing black dudes, man. Holy shit. So he was killing young dudes. 25, 23, 14, 20. I think on this list, the oldest is, I want to say 30, 38, maybe. Maybe. 18. And this happened in the 90s. So yeah, I mean these these guys these guys would be I mean he what was the stuff eighty this was for almost forty yeah you you talk about people who still might they could be in their fifties to sixties yeah ranging from uh, I would say maybe late forties 
to sixties uh, if they were still alive. I mean, so these people still have family. This isn't like they were old and um, all their family is gone. No, these these people still have family around. So yeah, he was killing the young young people. Thirty one on this list, I think is the is the is the oldest. Thirty three. Ricky Beaks. Let's see. What, let's see Beaks. Ricky Beaks, Dahmer, sorry, let's see, there we go. He was 32, male prostitute. He killed him in 1990, and so that was what, uh, shit, 32 years ago? 10, 11, 12, 30, yeah. So, yeah, 32, so he might have been 64. There you go. So early sixties, all the way to late forties. That's a so it's just a, it's just a wild thing to see, man. They they really humanized uh, uh, Tony Hughes in that episode, and it just it just, it's it's tough to watch, but it, it it is it's a it's a great series. Um, it's just it's just a uh, you you get you got if you're into it, this kind of stuff, you should you definitely should watch just to to uh, to understand the psyche of some of these people it's just like what the fuck man just some crazy people out there and speaking of crazy ass people before we get out of here your boy Kanye is at it again he was recently at it oh, yesterday at a uh fashion show in Paris where models and he was wearing a white lives matter shirt along with guess who everybody guess who the fuck he was with Yep, you're right. Candace Owen wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. Now, look at this. It's just. The thing about White Lives Matter is it's 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 a bunch of bullshit. Okay? It, 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 it truly is. I'm not trying to act like I don't have white friends. Or like, I wouldn't be sad if white people died. But come on, man. We all know that White Lives Matter is specifically and uh, totally and unequivocally and um 100% anti-black that's what that shit is okay people who say white lives matter they don't give a fuck about other white people they don't do not give a fuck about other white people at all okay cuz if they did they would give a fuck about all these mass shootings the school sh they don't give a fuck about that they don't even give a care about kids all right they don't. It's just, it's purely anti-black. That's all that shit is. And to, to wear a shirt promoting a message, talking about a group of people who would never do anything to support or protect black people is fucking disgusting. It's irresponsible. It's stupid. And I also understand what Kanye West, he is mentally unstable. He is mentally ill. And I also understand a lot of this shit really is just a publicity stunt. But it is also all the shit I said before. It's dangerous, it's irresponsible, and it's fucking stupid. But guess what? It fucking works. People are talking about it. I just, I, I just, I, it's just wild that that man is just surrounded by so many yes people. How many? He's, a, he's, he's, he's surrounded by yay men. That's it. Just, I mean, that, that, that just shows you when you have money like he does. There's no one that will tell you, hey, man, you fucking wildin'. You need to sit your ass down. You are tripping. It, it's just people, when it comes to money, people will just sign on to anything. 
anything to get paid. And that's sad. And with that being said, there's a show. That's the show. Um, follow me on all things social media at Chris Allen Comedy. Make sure you guys like and subscribe on my Facebook page. And, I mean, YouTube page. And I'm out. Peace.